we all have that internal monologue when we wake up in the morning and we say, oh, I'm not looking forward to today or, oh, today's going to be great. Here's my things of, list of things to do. But that internal monologue can sometimes actually dictate, up, di- sorry, dictate our lives. And if you think about it, if you had somebody that was constantly bombarding you with negative kind of things all the time, you wouldn't really want to keep them hanging around. But the trouble with this internal monologue is that it's connected to us. And so in today's episode, I'll be talking about the negative effects of an internal monologue, how to actually turn it into a positive one, and also ways that it can help you to grow, not just academically, meaning get more confidence, feel better about yourself, but also just in general as a human. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope it helps you to implement some ideas into your everyday life. So I've been reading a lot of books recently about um, negative self-talk and I'm doing it because a lot of the teenagers that I work with for various reasons really really struggle with confidence and you may have a teenager like this or maybe it was you when you were younger and maybe it's still you where they suffer with things like not feeling good enough They believe that they are not very good at a certain subject. They're not very good at a whole host of things and other people are better than them. The problem with this is that then because of this negative self-talk all the time, they will work really hard, revise really hard, have lessons with me on a certain subject. And then when it comes to the exam, they kind of crumble and forget everything. Now, there's a whole host of biological reasons as to why. But I think one thing that I would really like to master is to help teenagers be able to have a more positive outlook and a more positive self-talk about themselves. We live in this age, don't we, where we're constantly comparing things that we have and the things that we are with sort of unattainable targets. And I think the reason that we have these unattainable targets in our everyday lives is because we're kind of bombarded with all this stuff, aren't we? We're told that we need to make this grade and that grade. I'm currently um, going through this at my daughter's school because we, like many other parents, have these chats uh, based on the class. So there's like a mum's chat and I'm sure many of you can relate to this stuff. I'm not a huge fan of these these kind of things because I just think that they can make you feel like you're not doing enough and that you're not good enough. And we're, not me, they are having conversation about the year two sounds. Now, I'm much more of a bigger picture kind of person. And to me, that isn't important. But to them, if it's their first child and they've never had any experience within the education sector, then it may be really, really important to them. However, because of this, some of my friends 
mum friends are really, really stressed out. They feel like they need to be doing extra work after school with their children. They feel like their children are not going to pass. And these are six-year-olds. It makes me so sad that this culture of being better than everyone else, going to a better school, dressing in better clothes, having this and having that, prioritises over the fun of childhood. And I'm sure that's not the case, but it's how it seems quite often, um, just from the outside looking in. I've never done this whole mum stuff before. So I've always looked at it from a pet, like a teacher perspective. And so some of the stuff that I see in this kind of chat is really shocking to me. And um, I think this is where negative self-talk really comes into play. As a teacher and as an educator for well over 15 years, I've seen time and time again parents place and put their negative self-talk onto their children. And that can be as simple as saying, I wasn't very good at maths when I was your age, don't worry about it, to, oh, I failed maths, you're never going to pass maths, don't worry about that one. And I think, I picked maths for, sorry, if anyone's offended by that, but I, I think having any kind of negative self-talk about that kind of stuff does really rub off on your kids. The other thing that is really concerning in terms of negative self-talk is this idea that you are a failure if you don't get certain exams. Many of uh, the podcasts that I have done, I have explained that I homeschool some kids and I was having a conversation with a lady that I don't know very well. And I said to her, I think most children would thrive in a home education environment. And she was very negative about that. And a lot of people are quite negative about home education. But in an ideal world, we would have the time to spend with our kids and give them the experiences that schools don't give them, which would make them more confident. For example, traveling more, seeing more of the world, making them feel grounded. But that's a very idealistic, head in the clouds kind of perspective. In reality, when I'm homeschooling kids, their parents are having to work and the kids are left by themselves all day. This really doesn't impact them very well. And I would go so far as to say that for a lot of the kids that I homeschool, unless the parents are home all the time and unless the child or the teenager has activities and friends to talk to, it can be really isolating. And this is really why I wanted to delve into this negative self-talk. I've got children that literally don't leave the house and I've got kids that are afraid to leave the house and that has come from a whole layering of negative self-talk in their own heads which has not been overrided. Now when you get into the idea of negative self-talk, so when you say to yourself, you're not good enough, you don't look good enough, you're not going to be having a great job like all these other people that you're seeing, your life is really rubbish, you know, this kind of stuff 
can spiral so much that you become a shell of the person that you once was, essentially. And that's terrible English, but that's the best way I can explain it. But negative self-talk doesn't just happen if you are home all day. I've worked with kids that have excelled in school, but unless they get 100%, they feel like they're not good enough. And there have been cases where I've had kids that have kind of lost it a little bit with reality because they put so much pressure on themselves. And that, again, is inner self-talk. Now, how on earth do you get rid of all this stuff? (laughs) Because all of us do experience negative self-talk on a daily basis. And you have to work incredibly hard to override it. Let's take the very simple example of a parent who has said, I'm not very good at maths, and their child doesn't feel very good at maths as a result. Flip it on its head. Say, I wasn't good, but I know you're going to be good. And it is a little bit like fake it until you make it. I think with some of this stuff, because you have to believe something before you can make it happen. And again, that sounds a little bit airy-fairy, but I never, never intended to run a business ever. I wanted to be a teacher because I wanted kids one day and I thought it would be a good career choice so that I can have the holidays with them. That was my very naive 18-year-old self (laughs) planning my life out. But when it came to it, I really didn't like the education system. And it took a lot of me trying to slowly build up my business to the point where I was in a place where I could get a mortgage or a bigger house and support myself and take my little girl on really cool experiences whilst also having enough kind of savings to go on the back of that as well. And now when I stand there and I'm in front of, and they are small groups up to like 10 kids at a time. And they say to me, and I, do you know what? I've learned more with you in the last half an hour than I have the whole of this term at my school. It does make me feel sad, but it also makes me feel like I know my place and I know what I'm doing. But if you'd have met me when I was 15, it is they're complete worlds apart because I was very much isolated as a teenager and I was really quite sad as a, as a teenager as well because I was really ill and I was essentially homeschooled, although I didn't realise that was what it was at the time. And I was left on my own. And I think when you are, and this happened to everybody during COVID as well, I think when you are left to your on your own and you have all these hormones raging inside of you, you can get lost in your own thoughts and you can start to believe that you might not be good enough. That's horrible. So If you have a teenager going through any of this stuff, if they start to look withdrawn, if they start to not talk to their friends, it's really, really important that you sit down with them and you talk to them about how they feel about themselves. The first thing to get out of negative self-talk is awareness of it. So pay attention to what's going on and then just challenge them as if you're having a conversation, um, there's this guy called Mo Goward, Goward? 
found it. I'm going to say his name wrong. I'm really sorry. Um, and he used to work for Google. And his son died, tragically, um, during a routine operation. And it devastated him. And he decided that because he was an engineer, that he would create a, an algorithm for happiness from off the back of his son's death. And he's written a whole book about this. It's called Soul for Happy. It's a really, really lovely, wonderful book about dealing with grief. And he talks a lot about negative self-talk in that book. And I think he calls the lady, I think it's Susan, the idea that there's Susan in his mind and he's trying to overcome. So Susan says, oh, just stay in bed a bit longer today. Don't bother, don't bother going to see that friend. He'll literally have a conversation with this voice in his head. It's not a voice in his head. It's just his internal monologue. And he'll say, stop it. I, I don't want to listen to you. And then he'll get on with his day it's going to take you a lot of uh training to do something like that in my opinion but i think it's a really interesting idea that you could take on board one of the biggest things that you can do is to write out all the negative things that you can relate to so if it is just as simple as um and i don't say simple to belittle this but if it is just literally as simple as you go into exams and you crumble which is really common. Write down all the things that you feel before the exam and all the things that you say to yourself before the exam. And then circle how many of them are positive. How many of those things that you're saying to yourself are bigging you up? You will often see on like in the Olympics and in really prestigious sporting events, athletes shouting and screaming to themselves, I can do it, I'm good enough, I am a winner, before they do their race, whatever that may be. That's from years of training with sports psychologists. That is years of training. And yet our teenagers are not taught and our kids are not taught the importance of positive self-talk. They're just not. And it seems a bit strange to me, but if you replace those negative thoughts before your exams and turn them into good ones and you say, I am enough, I can do it, I am going to get the grade I deserve, I wonder if you will feel more in control because I bet you do. It also helps you because if you have negative thoughts, they often spiral and you can actually like feel your heart beating faster and you can get really panicky. And by thinking about what those negative self words and phrases are and flipping them, you're actually tapping into your cognitive brain there and you're actually slowing your sympathetic nervous system down and you will be calmer. So I think it's a good strategy to have a little think about. The other thing is to treat yourself with kindness. So, hey, there are going to be days where you're not 100%, but it doesn't matter. And I'll be honest with you, it's taken me an incredibly long time to work this out that I don't have to show up every day if I don't feel like it. If I feel really unwell, for example, <laughs> it's okay to have a day off. And that may seem really strange to a lot of you, but for me, 
one of the worst things I could possibly do is to let anybody down. That's my negative self-talk because then I think people won't respect me and people won't think that I'm very good at my job and people won't want to hire me and then I'll lose my job and all of a sudden my brain is catastrophized a single day off. But in reality, we're all human, aren't we? And we all deserve a little bit of compassion. The other thing that you can do um, to get out of the negative self-talk is to challenge the idea about being perfect. If you are someone that is a perfectionist, why are you a perfectionist? Why do you strive to, I don't know, have the cleanest house in the world? Why are you making sure that your notes are rewritten three times because the first set were not neat enough? Why are you pushing so hard to get that thing all the time to the point where you're exhausted? Because I think that's the trouble with perfectionism. We see everything through rose-tinted glasses. In reality, everyone has their own struggles. Nobody really talks about them. They do a little bit more now, but nobody really will sit there and be frank with you and say, I am very bored of revising. I really just want to go out with see my friends. I cried last night because I was getting to the point where I don't think I can do this anymore. Humans by nature are not perfect. We have so much work to do on ourselves, on whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. And I watched this movie last night about this guy who was basically put in prison for the wrong, like committing a wrong, a really bad crime that he didn't commit um, when he was 16. And he lost six years of his life because he went into prison and he didn't do it. And I was, I was kind of sat there thinking, wow, the courage that some of these people have. There's been so many cases in America in particular of people that have been wrongly accused of things. And how on earth do you get away from that label of I am a convicted criminal? You can't get a job, you can't get anything. But this guy managed to override it and he actually became a player in the NFL, even though it was for a year, but he still did it. Like. What an amazing inspiration. And that's the other thing I think you should look at. If you have negative self-talk, see and find stories of people that have overcome their negative self-talk. There's stories and stories of prisoners of war that have escaped or that have overcome issues. There's thousands of people out there every day who are not on Snapchat and Instagram and all that kind of stuff that have to overcome such huge battles to do whatever it is that they're doing. And they will inspire you and make you think and believe that you can do better. The other one um, is, obviously I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a counsellor, but if you are noticing yourself or your teenager is really struggling, it's really important that you seek professional help. Because sometimes flipping that negative self-talk into a positive is just not attainable. 
And in those cases, you definitely need to say, like, seek medical advice or go and see a therapist or contact the special needs department of the of your child's school to see what they offer in terms of services. But if you can overcome negative self-talk, you have loads of benefits. You've got improved mental health. You've got enhanced performance, increased resilience. You're going to have better relationships because you're more confident. You can even have enhanced physical health because your cardiovascular system is easier to manage. And this is like really sciencey stuff, <laughs> but you will be absolutely much happier. So why not try it this week? If you're having a negative kind of episode of self-talk, you are thinking that you're not good enough. You're thinking that you don't deserve this and that. Just say no, I do. I absolutely do. And the more that you flip those kind of inner monologue comments and phrases, the more confident you'll be. And yeah, I hope that today has made you think. You may know someone who's going through this. It may be you, um, but hopefully it's helped. Until next week, I will hope that you have a lovely week and I'll see you then.